Hello, everyone. My name is B. Little, and welcome to the B. Little Speaks podcast. B. Little Speaks. This week on B. Little Speaks. Instead of telling God how big our trouble is, we need to tell our troubles how big our God is. Why? Because a faith that has never been tested is a faith that cannot be trusted. You know, faith is like a muscle, and we must work it every day in order for it to grow. If we don't, then when we need it the most, it will not be there to give us the strength to endure the trials and tribulations that come to try to defeat us. And so today, as you listen to this podcast, I hope that you are able to find the strength to walk in faith, work your faith, and become the person that God desires you to be past your trials and tribulations. Take a listen to the service that's already in progress. Man, hallelujah. I want to say to you, Triumph, this morning that uh, it's very important that we maintain our faith. Everything in our lives that we want to become better at, we have to work at it. If we want to become smarter, we have to read books. If we desire uh, to uh, become healthy, we have to eat better foods. If we desire uh, to um, learn a new trade, we have to give ourselves to it. In other words, nothing comes uh, better or nothing comes to us unless we give ourselves to it. We must give ourselves to it and we must give ourselves to it completely. And I need you to understand this morning that that just doesn't apply uh, to uh, physical things. But if we want to grow in God, grow in our faith, if we desire to become better, then we must be willing to give ourselves to it. Uh, we must be willing to uh, commit to the process of strengthening our faith. And of course, we understand that faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God, which means it's a covenant uh, in our spiritual journey, in our spiritual walk, in growing in the things of God. We must be committed to growing in faith, which means we must be committed to attending Bible study, to attending church, to uh, um, having a prayer life. We must be Come committed ourselves to the process of growth. It's not going to happen by accident. And I've got to tell you that if we're going to grow in faith, if we're going to have a faith that is going to be able to survive all kinds of trials and tribulations, then we must commit ourselves to God, his word, to study, to worship. We must be committed. There's no other way to go around it. We must be committed. Now, I need you to understand that when we desire to make uh, such commitments to God, that the enemy, Satan himself, Lucifer, Slewfoot is what I call him, will do everything in his power to get us to walk away from God. But I need you to understand that it's a part of the process and that a faith that has never been tested is a faith that cannot be trusted. Can I say that again? A faith that has never been tested is a faith that cannot be trusted. 
The Bible tells us in 1 Peter 1 and 7, it says, these trials will show you that your faith is genuine. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation for all of my Bible thumpers. It tells us that these trials will show that our faith is genuine and it is being tested. Now, the Bible repeatedly says that God has promised to meet all of our needs in the time of trial. We just have to make sure that we uh, keep our faith built in us. And so even though God promised to meet all of our trials, I need you to understand that the Bible tells us that with every promise that God gives us, there are conditions to get those promises. And one of those conditions is being committed to faith, to being committed to faith, to being committed to the faith in order to withstand all kinds of trials and tribulations that will come uh, against us. Now, I need you to understand uh, like that your faith is like a muscle. Your faith is like a muscle. If I want to become stronger physically, I have to commit myself to a regiment, a routine uh, that will cause me to be in a place where I can work out where I can become physically strong. I'm not going to do it laying in the bed. I'm not going to become stronger by eating all kinds of sugars and, and all of the stuff that I won't. No, I must be committed to growth. So when I need my strength or when I need my faith, uh, we'll be able to withstand. Now, this is very important. Because the Bible, the word of God, the Bible says that grass may wither, flowers may fade, but the word of God lasts forever. In other words, that it won't die. Uh, our faith or the word of God is going to withstand any trials and tribulations that we go through. Um, the problem is we'll give up before God gives up on us. We'll let go before God let go of us. And so it's very important to understand the word of God, the promises of God, and be at a place where we can apply the word when we need it most. Now, what does that have to do with Genesis chapter 12? I'm glad you asked. Let's look at what it says here in the word of God. Now, in Genesis chapter 12, we're finding where God called Abram. He called Abram, Abraham. He called him. This is where he's going to establish his covenant um, with the Hebrew nation, the descendants of Abram. And, of course, um, this is where we will eventually find the Jews. But before God does it, he begins to speak to the father of faith called Abram. And this is what he says. He says to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house. In other words, God begins to tell Abram, Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, he says, now I'm ready to do something special in you, but you need to trust me in faith. I'm ready to, uh, uh, to establish you. But in order for you to see it, you must be committed, must be committed uh, to trusting me. And he puts Abram to the test. How does he do it? He puts Abram to the test by telling Abram to get away from everything that is familiar to you. 
In other words, he says, leave your country. Get away from your father's house, your family, familiar. Get away from your father's house, your family, familiar. Leave all of that behind, and I want you to go to where I will show you. Now, that's, that's different. It, it is one thing if you ask me to go somewhere uh, with you, uh, but most times before I get in a vehicle, I want to know where I'm going. I want to know where I'm going. Well, God tells Abram, he says, I want you to get away from your father's house, get away from your country, and I'm not telling you where you're going. I need you to trust me in faith. Trust me to provide for you. Trust me to guide for you. And in order for you to get to know me, your heavenly father, you need to leave everything that's familiar, your earthly father and your country, to a place where I will show you. Now, all of us know um, the anxiousness of entering into new seasons, going into new experiences that we've never experienced before. All of us understand uh, what it means to uh, go off on a journey and you don't even know how to do what you're going to do or you've never been where you uh, are to go. And yet God says, I don't want you depending on your familiar I want you to depend on me to a place I will show you. I need you to get that. Because the Bible teaches us that uh, faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. In other words, I've got to give my ear, my attention to God in order to understand everything that he desires uh, for my life. And I have to get away sometimes from everything that I know is familiar. Let that sink in. The Bible also teaches us that um, it, it, it says that faith, we don't walk by sight when it comes to faith. We walk by faith. In other words, I don't walk according to all of the facts being established. I walk according to the progressive work, the perpetual work of being connected with God continuously and sometimes I've got to walk this thing out in faith because I don't know where I'm going. Now, look what God tells Abram. For those that are just joining us, I see you. I see you, Facebook. Leave comments, like, and share. Uh, for those that are just joining us, I want you to uh, notice this. He says, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house. And then he says that if you're willing to go out on a limb and just trust me and take me at my word on faith. Look what it says here. He makes a covenant with Abram. It's a, it, it's considered to be the Abrahamic covenant. He says, if you're willing to do the part in trusting me by faith and not by sight to uh, stretch your faith muscle, uh, taking me at my word. He says, I'm going to make a covenant with you and look at the covenant he makes with Abram. He says, I will make you a great nation and I will bless you. He says, if you stop leading your life based upon uh, familiar and you start leading your life connected to my word, the logos, the written word, uh, the, the rhema, the revelation says, if you stop living your life based upon what you think, you know, and just follow me. He says, I'm going to make you a great nation and I will bless you. This is the covenant he makes with Abram. And look what else it says. He says, I will make your name great 
and you shall be a blessing. Now, this is the part I want you to pay attention to, Triumph. In verse 3, it says this, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse them who curse you. In other words, God says, if you could just live a life of faith, stop looking at your finances, stop looking at your friends, stop looking at um, all of these things that are fighting to take you away from me and just stay with me. If you can do this, I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you. Now, why is that significant? Why is that important? Because I want you to see um, what happens after God makes this covenant, after he tells them to leave the familiar, after he gives him the Abrahamic covenant that says, if you do your part, I'm going to do my part. I'll make you a great nation. I'm, I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. After all of that, look what happens. Verse four. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken. He, that, he did that right. God told him to get away from the familiar and he left. And Lot went with him and a, a whole bunch of people that were with him. But look at verse 10. He left, he did what was right, but look at verse 10. Now there was a famine in the land, and Abram went down to Egypt. He went down. Well, what caused him to go down? I'm, I will suggest to you that Abram went down because he failed to remember what God had promised him. Abram went down because he decided in this moment we will find to walk by sight and not by faith. He, Abram went down because he kept his eyes on people and pressure more than he did the promise that God made him. Look, he went down to Egypt to dwell there for the famine was severe in the land. And it came to pass when he was close to entering Egypt that he said to Sarai, his wife, indeed, I know that you are a woman of beautiful continence. Boy, Sarah was a bad chick. She was bad. But God said, hey, uh, I will keep you. But Abram says, I know you're beautiful. But look what he tells his wife to do. Indeed, I know that you're a woman of beautiful continent. Therefore, it will happen when the Egyptians see you that they will say this is his wife and they will kill me. Look what he says. They're going to kill me, but they will let you live. Please say that you are my sister. You want to lie now. You want to lie. He says, please say that you're my sister, that it may be well with me for your sake and that I may live because of you. Wow. Now, God just made him a promise. He says, I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. And in the middle of looking with his eyes in this strange land, he comes to the conclusion. No, I need you, Sarah, my wife, to say you're my sister because uh, you're so fine. Somebody's going to want you and they, they will kill me because of you. They will kill me because of you. In other words, he got scared and he allowed fear to enter his heart. And he thought that fear was greater than faith, than trusting in the word of God, than hearing the promise of God. And he became scared. 
That's why I've emphasized that part that says that he went down to Egypt. He went down because every time we stop trusting God in faith and start giving in to our fears. I know triumph. We are in the middle of a pandemic. I know some of y'all haven't went back to work yet and your finances looking crazy. I know that the relationships in your life don't seem to be at its greatest, but don't go down with the ship. Don't go down to Egypt. Don't go down in your faith. I came here to tell you that in the time of trouble it's time to trust God to take God at his word to not allow your faith to swell to not allow it to sing listen we serve a God that has made us a promise that he will never leave us nor will he ever forsake us that's what he promised us he will never leave us or forsake us and if he made us made us that promise sometimes we got to rise up in our spirit and declare greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world i know when these trials and these troubles come to try to shrink our faith and we know what can happen in the natural we understand but at some point Instead of telling God how big our trouble is, we need to tell our troubles how big our God is. Why? Because a faith that has never been tested is a faith that cannot be trusted. We have to allow our faith. We can't do like Abram. And, you know, I'm glad God put this in the word of God because our faith walk is a progressive work. We grow day by day in our walk with Christ. And so it doesn't matter. Don't, it doesn't matter. We got worried one day. We got in an entanglement with fear. Let y'all stew on that, an entanglement with fear. Anyway, you know, we allowed ourselves to come into covenant with fear rather than faith. And yeah, we worried just a little bit. But God says, I want you to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. In other words, seek me and seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. In the case of Abram, he says to Abram, listen, I got you. I will make you great. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. So why are you going down to Egypt and allowing your faith to go down? And now you're showing fear more than you showing faith. Why are you letting this happen? Well, look what happens here. After he told her that the Bible says at verse 17, and for those that are just joining us in faith on Facebook, Thank you. I see the numbers going up. If you're just joining us, we're reading out of Genesis chapter 12 and we're at verse 18. When Pharaoh saw Sarah and noticed that she was beautiful, he decided that he was going to have relations with, with Sarah. He was going to bring her into his camp. And Abram wasn't going to say a thing. But look what happened. God intervened. In verse 17, the Bible says, that but the Lord plagued Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. God, he says, I will bless those who bless you, but I'm going to curse those who curse you. Anybody that comes against you, God says, 
I will fight on your behalf. And I need somebody you're going through. I need somebody. You don't have to fuss. You don't have to cuss. You don't have to argue. Just know that God will fight your battles. Matter of fact, he promised us in Romans chapter 12, he says that vengeance is mine, said the Lord. You don't have to fight. I just need you to trust me in faith, but I will handle this. And God handled this uh, for Abram. God stepped in and he played Egypt because of what um, this man was getting ready to do with Abram's wife, all because Abram was fearful and lied from the very beginning. And look what happened. After these plagues came in verse 17, verse 18, the Bible says, And Pharaoh called Abram and said, What is this you have done to me? Why did you not tell me she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister? I might have taken her as my wife. Now, therefore, here is your wife. Take her and go away from me. See, God kept his word. God kept his word. Even when Abram was messing up, God kept his word. God kept his word. So listen, triumph, if we're going to have a faith that survives, I need us to understand um, certain things. And one of those things is that we have to pass the test that will try to come to separate us from uh, our faith, to separate us from God. Well, what are those tests? The first test I'm going to tell you that we've got to survive is the pressure test, the pressure test. The pressure test asks questions like, how will I handle the stress under pressure? You will depend on yourself or you will depend on God, but you're going to depend on something. And I, I came to tell you, tri Triumph, it's better that we depend on God. The Bible says uh, in Psalms 50 and 15, it says, call on me in the day of trouble and I will deliver you. Call on me and I will deliver you. In the time of pressure, call on me and I will deliver you. The second test that we've got to pass is called the people test. The people test. See, Abram had pressure. He thought the pressure of them killing him, uh, it caused him to fear rather than re remain committed in faith. And then he got scared because of the people he saw there. But I need you to understand that God will often use people in our lives to stretch and to develop our faith. God will do that. Some of these hard people, I mean, we, we keep wanting to fight them, cuss them out, hang up, block them, you know, because blocking is a ministry. We block people in a minute on our phones. But, but God says, I'm using these people to stretch you so that you'll be able to know how to handle disappointment. You'll be able to know that I am a God that will come through for you. But in order to learn this lesson, you have to trust me more than you trust people. The Bible teaches us greater is he that is in me than he that is after me. Or shall I say he that is in the world? Greater is he that is in me. So we can't allow people to make us lose our faith. We know we shouldn't be cussing folk out. We know we shouldn't be trying to fight our own battles, trying to get back at people. No, we got to put them in God's hand. God says, love them. He says, you love those who hate you. You give to those. Uh, uh, you pray for those who despitefully use you. You got to pass the people test. So 
we must pass the pressure test, we must pass the people test, and then we must pass the persistence test. The persistence is, will I keep running this race? Will I remain committed? Will I keep moving forward? That's the questions that the commitment test asks. Will I be able to withstand? The Bible talks about um, um, two builders who built their house. One built their, their house on a firm foundation. The other built their house on sinking, sinking sand. And what came to test the quality of the work is when it started raining and the floodwaters came, the one that was built on the firm foundation remained. It stayed. The one that wasn't, it crumbled. It crumbled. Can your faith survive trouble? Will it crumble? Will it continue to press, persevere, or will it fold? Will it give in? See, we've got to be persistent. You know, yeah, I thank God you go to church, but can you go to church when you lose your job? Can you go to church when you're having troubles in your marriage? Can you go to church when your children are acting funny? Can you go to church when your, your money is strange and looking funny? I know when that overwhelming feeling of oppression and, and, and stress tries to overtake us, the question is, where do you run to? Some people run to their beds, pull a cover over their heads, while others run to God and says, no, I'm going to remain faithful. So I have to pass the test, and I have to remain committed. And then the last one um, is you have to pass the priority test. Now, why is that important? Because Abram almost failed this test if God didn't intervene. Priorities mean that I put God first in my life. I put God first. I put him, listen, I could tell what you love by just looking at your bank statement because what you give the most of your money to will reveal the contents of your heart. The Bible says that where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Yeah, we could say that we love God, but we serve him here in the kingdom. We serve the kingdom here on earth. It's funny. It, it trips me out, but some of us, care more about our stomachs than we care about our souls. Why you say that little? We'll have a hard time giving that $5 in church, but we'll go get crawfish and fish, little Louisiana seafood from my people streaming from other parts of the globe. Nothing like Louisiana, especially with seafood. But anyway, we'll spend more money on our food than we do in building the faith-based community. That reveals our priorities because where our treasures are, that's where our heart is. You know, I, I can't tell um, if I was married to a woman, I can't tell her I love her. And then I take my check and bring it to another woman that 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 don't work. That won't work. I, I'm pretty sure that woman wouldn't want to hear all of that. And in the same token, we can't say that God is our first priority, but we put him on the bottom of the list. You know, we often say. This is what I think is important to me. God, family, friends, and then finances. But then it's crazy because we'll live our lives, friends, finances, chasing that paper. 
You know, some of us, we work all day. We work. Oh, I'm so tired. I can't go and worship with the saints. I'm going to forsake the assembling. Uh, or, or we say, man, it's raining outside. Rain or it will rain. Rain is not even here yet, but it's going to rain. And so I got to get out of here and uh, we won't go to church. No. If God is first in our lives, there should be a track re record and we should be able to see it. We should be able to see it. We shouldn't, we finally get a day off. Oh, I'm not going to church. I'm just going to clean up around the house. I'm going to lounge around, cut on Netflix. No, how God, how is God priority when we put everything in front of him? So we have to pass the priority test. If we're going to have a faith that is going to survive trials, we must pass the pressure test, the people test, the, uh, um, the priority test. We've got to pass these tests if we're going to win, if we're going to survive, have a faith that survives. Jeremiah 17 and 7 says this, bless, those, bless are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. What do you think will happen if we really uh, pass the pressure test, the people test? The priority to what do you think will happen in our lives when we truly put God first and take him at his word and not walk by uh, sight, but walk by faith? If you want to talk about commitment, look at Paul at the end of his life. You know, when Paul made his commitment from the moment he made his commitment on that Damascus Road experience and was kicked off his high horse. Serving Christ caused him to be whipped caused him to become imprisoned, to become shipwrecked. Yet when he gets to the end of his life, he says, I have kept the faith. I fought the good fight of faith and I kept it. I finished my course. And I know that through all of this stuff I went through, there's a crown for me uh, laid up on layaway. I like to preach it that way, a crown on layaway. For my senior saints here at Triumph, you know the story. I'm just sending up my timber as I live right, as I give right, as I serve right. So our faith must survive. And in the time of trouble, we have to stop looking with our eyes and start applying the word of God over our situation. And I'm believing God that even this morning, there is somebody who is willing to apply the word of God over their situation. I know you've been scared, but God got you. I know your heart has been troubled, but God got you. I know those people have been getting on your nerves, but God said, I got you. Vengeance is mine, said the Lord. Don't fight your battle. As much as depends on you, Romans 12, live peaceably with all men, but know that I got them, says the Lord. So your faith must survive. Well, you've been listening to Be Little Speaks. Thank you for joining us today. Listen, we'll be back next week with some new content like our podcast today. You can follow us at iTunes Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. If you're on social media, just look me up and I'll show you or find me. Thank you again for listening. You've been listening to Be Little Speaks podcast a vineyard media group production